Hey there, I'm Stevie, a musician from New York and the host of This Next Song's About. This is a podcast to help songwriters and musicians level up their craft for industry success. You can expect conversations with artists, songwriters, producers and coaches to help you find some inspiration to take your music career to the next level. I hope to leave you feeling inspired with some new tips and tools at your disposal to help you move your own music career forward. Now, before we get into today's episode, I want to tell you that I have started a Patreon for the show. You can, of course, continue to listen to the pod for free right now, wherever you're listening. But by signing up as a patron, you will get early access to the podcast, unedited video interviews, downloadable tip sheets from my guests, and the chance to ask them questions, and of course, so much more. Just go to patreon.com forward slash this next song's about to sign up as a patron and get access to all of those wonderful things. But now on to today's show. There is so much chat these days around coaching and I wanted to find out what does a coach really do and do you really need one? So I invited my good friend Heather Vickery onto the show to do a live coaching session with me. Heather Vickery is an award-winning entrepreneur, business owner, public speaker, author, and coach. Heather leverages her entrepreneurial skills and expertise to coach individuals towards greater personal and professional fulfillment. Now, this was a very vulnerable episode for me. I talk about why I started the podcast, my own recent career change, my own career in music, and I really wanted to use this episode to help you see what a coach can do for you. So, enjoy. Heather Vickery. Hello, Stevie Mance. How are you? Hi, friend. I'm well, thank you. It's been so long since I've seen you. It has. And this is a special live... And shut up. This <laughs> it has only been like three days. <laughs> two <That's> days. <laughs> this is a special live edition of This Next Song's About. This season isn't even started yet, so this is a pre-record with my esteemed uh, guest today, Heather Vickery, author, coach, podcaster, anything else? Entrepreneur. Lesbian mother, single mother of four. I don't know. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, well, Heather Vickery, you are a coached entrepreneur. You leverage your entrepreneurial skills and expertise to coach individuals towards greater personal and professional fulfillment by helping them leverage their fear into intentional bravery. You are the author of no fewer than three books, you fancy pants, Gratitude Journal, Shift Your Focus, Grow Grateful, a, gra a Gratitude Journal, there's lots of words in this, Grow Grateful, a Gratitude Journal for Kids and Families. And your new book coming out very soon, Fuck Fearless, Making the Brave Leap. You are also the host of the Brave Files podcast and the co-host of Was It Chance podcast. You're, I mean, you're the host of two podcasts, three books, however many businesses, mother of four. How do you find time to do it all? I don't know. They always say if you want to get something done, you ask somebody busy. And I believe you and I spoke about this when we were together at the She Podcast Conference last week. Call it privilege. And it probably is, but I don't do things I don't want to do. I just don't. And all of these things feel right for me. And I say no to a lot of things. And you have a new book coming out. And I thought, well, you're a coach and there's this whole coaching industry that's going around and everyone has a coach. It's a bit like, you know, 20 years ago when everyone had a therapist and everyone still has a therapist. And now people have coaches. I actually also have a coach. But I, I think today I want to talk about do you need a coach as an artist? So we're going to dig into that. And we're also going to do a very special episode where you coach me live. Which <laughs> I'm a tad nervous. I'll be really honest about that. So am I. This is very vulnerable for me. Yeah. 
very, very vulnerable for me. But okay, so Heather, tell me about coaching and tell me why it's beneficial. So the very first thing I'll say is that I resisted the term coach for a long time because my previous example, I've been an entrepreneur for like 25 years for a really long time. I learned very quickly out of college that while I worked well with people, I didn't work well for people. (laughs) And so I just did my own thing because for better or for worse, I don't do things I don't want to do. And my experience with coaches up until that point had been very skeevy. I'm like, oh, they're not, not Stevie, skeevy. Skeevy. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Although unfortunately, I think we might have now find my new nickname. (laughs) (laughs) You are not a skeevy Stevie. It's not. No, I'm not. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to get through this. We're going to get through it. Yeah, we are. And so I try, I've literally, I spent months going, what could I call myself? That wouldn't be a coach. And my partner's like, what is wrong with you? Just do it. I, I just felt like it was a slimy industry. It was a slimy group of people. And then I met the man who became my coach and I saw him speak at a conference. He spoke for, I don't know, maybe the first five mm-hmm. minutes. And I happened to be there with my partner. And I turned to her and I said, that's my guy. And he was honest and he was authentic and he was generous and kind. And I said, can you help me? And he said, yeah, I can help you. And it changed my perspective. And I decided, and I have embraced this with so many words and phrases. I decided that I was going to reframe what that word meant and I could make it mean what I wanted it to mean. And a coach for me is a mentor, a leader, an accountability person. And hopefully there's some level of inspiration, but there's not necessarily this huge, I'm not better than anybody else. And I'm in the trenches with you. Like we are all growing together. We are doing these things together and it's all a bit of a trial and error process. And as a coach, I really do client led work, right? So come in with what you need to come in with and we'll start from there. And going back to She Podcast and the speaker event that you and Lee Shay McDonough led, it was a very interesting, there was a structure for it, but I think naturally the group kind of took it in a different direction and you went with it. And it was very vulnerable. There was a lot of vulnerability within that room. There were people who, I maybe the word that was coming up for me was imposter syndrome. You know, I think people were going, okay, well, I have a podcast. I know how to do it. Technically, I know how to market it. Or maybe, you know, I don't, maybe I've got it sponsored, whatever, but like, how do I really bring myself to it fully? And how do I be vulnerable within it enough to say, how can I make this successful? I'm putting my all into this. What if I fail? How do I do that? And it was just a really interesting session where people were asking some really tough questions of you and of themselves. And it almost became a live coaching session, which is why I thought this could be quite an interesting idea for us today. Yeah, we knew we wanted to come in and sort of talk about buzzwords, uh, which are big, very popular in the coaching world, mindset and do the work and show up and empowerment and like all of these things. And the goal really was reclaim them. And fascinatingly enough, and like I said, I've reclaimed the word coach and put it on my terms. I've reclaimed the word brave, redefined that just like the queer community has reclaimed the word queer, that you can change it. You can own it in the way that you want to own it because those words are good words. Mindset is a great word. Empowerment is a great word. Where they get icky is when you judge yourself or you feel shamed by them or when you're doing them because you're trying to please other people. Empowerment for me is a really big, big word because you hear, I empower you. And I call total bullshit on that because empowerment is inside work. No one can empower you, Stevie. You're the only one that does that. And you do it when you show up for yourself in whatever way you've decided you want to show up for yourself. And I believe that when we redefine bravery and we choose bravely, even in the very small, minute things, like 
having this conversation with me publicly, which I know you're a bit nervous about, it's incredibly brave for you. It might not be brave for somebody else, but it gets to be brave for you. I think it's really important to not just buy what everybody's selling, but investigate it. I hear what you're saying. There was an article, I think, that Lee Shea McDonough referenced recently. It was about a Guardian article about the coaching industry and essentially sort of calling it a bit of a charlatan exercise and you know a lot of people you don't necessarily need to be qualified you it's a self-regulated industry and so on and so forth you've got to to weed out some of those people and to your point i think i empower you and and all of this i'm not woo woo I'm not. I support people who are, but it's not who I am. You are not. I am not woo-woo. I will not go and take my crystals and sit under the moon and charge them. I'm not that kind of person. There are people that will do that. I'm not criticizing anyone who does that. It's just not my thing. You know, I, I think when you are looking for somebody to hold you accountable, to help you achieve your goals, and this is really, you know, what is coaching really all about? You know, and if you apply the sports metaphor, because obviously people all apply sports metaphors and I don't fucking know anything about sports Ted Lasso is the extent of my sports yes knowledge. let's use that <laughs> you know with when we're talking about Ted Lasso he's a coach and he's like okay you know we can work on your technical skills but it's it's really about a mindset yes and right. how will we get you to that mindset that is going to help you achieve the success that you are looking for and to me it's just having somebody who can hold you to account better than you can do yourself and to help you process in a way that you wouldn't on your own to ask. I mean, I am the best at my job when I ask good questions and listen thoughtfully to the answers and help people figure out for themselves. Like a, a strategist, which is not a coach, says, go do these things to get this result. A good coach never tells you exactly what to do. A good coach asks a lot of questions so that you buy in to what you want to create and do for yourself. Because as humans, that's the only way we really internalize it. As if we've realized for ourselves, oh, that fear isn't so big. And my work really is is in that, is helping people build a life that they love on their own terms. And if they want to have a business, whether they're a creative or an artist or not, it fits their life. Instead of having a job or a career or a business and then bending yourself over backwards to accommodate it. It's Stevie. Thank you so much for listening to This Next Song's About. Whether you are brand new to the show or to me, or if you've been listening since the very beginning, all those years ago, if you like what you're hearing, I would love it if you would share it with another songwriter you know. My mission with This Next Song's About is to help serious songwriters like you improve their skills and hone their craft. So if you feel inspired, please share the show with another songwriter that you know, send them to thisnextsongsabout.com or simply share your favorite episode with them. It would mean a lot to me and I hope it would improve their life too. Now, back to the show. And as you know, I have recently quit a uh, 14-year career in finance. It's very brave. Yes. Well, let's tell my mother that. We don't really care, do we? No, we don't really care. I have not. Yeah, no, we don't. Um, But I have done that because I wanted, I want to pursue a creative career. Like I am not cut out for that. I don't think I ever really was. I kind of got stuck in the, I graduated in 2007, got stuck in a 2008 job, credit crisis happened, and then I was buggered. Yeah, I have wondered. We never talked about that. Like how in the world, you are so intuitive and so deeply empathic, which I'm not sure that folks would get from you at first glance, but I, I spent a significant <laughs> amount of time in a very condensed time frame with you and you feel things very deeply. And that's not, those are not the kinds of things that we tend to think of. In it. No, no, they are not. 
known for those traits. Let's put it that way. <laughs> but yeah, it, it was one of those where I needed a job and the credit crisis happened. I got a little bit stuck into an industry. I had a law degree. It was it was interesting. I had a law degree. And you still have that law degree. It hasn't been removed. I still I still have it. I <laughs> I haven't lost it. It's still there. So I graduated with a law degree. I didn't want to to practice law. I decided, you know, I think legally blonde did me a disservice. I think I saw that in high school and thought this is a great idea. Like it's hard? <laughs> like it's like it's hard getting into Harvard. Um that was my plan and I, and then it happened and and I realized, oh, you know, the bulk of law is going to be conveyancing so like you know real estate law or divorce law and I'm like oh that's horrible I don't want to do this so I thought okay well what can I do and then I happened to get a job in finance and it um it was meant to be something temporary I also got a job near living near my dad and I hadn't really spent a lot of time with him uh post my parents divorce and, and various personal circumstances there and thought okay well, this is a good I, this is a good chance to get reconnected mm -hmm. to him and it was in Jersey in the Channel Islands which is a, a real finance hub so I got a job there and then I wanted to move back to Scotland I remember I applied for over 30 jobs and I got one interview wow one so I took that job and I moved to Scotland and you know was working on my music and I released two albums when I was doing that I was working on the creative stuff that I wanted to do on the side then I wanted to move to the States. So I, I needed that job to get me here. That job no longer serves me. So I was like, it's time to get rid of that. And I've, I've outgrown it. I've outgrown it as a person. And geez, six, six years after moving to the States, I'm like, it's time to, to leave that. You know, I've, I've reached the peak of what I can do with it. And not to say that I was wildly successful with it. I wasn't. I think part of the reason was because I wasn't seen as the person that fit a mold for them. Well, and you had no passion for that. No, I didn't you know, I'm in the position to, to pursue a career within the podcast space. And what that's going to look like is to be seen, shall we say. But I thought what we could do with today's session is go, okay, well, you know, I'm a creator and let's use this podcast as the thing that I'm creating. You know, let's use this as the example of how, how can I grow and change this podcast to be something that I feel is successful, not necessarily defined by the success of Apple podcasts and whatever and downloads. How will it be successful for me? Absolutely. And so I would always start a conversation like that by asking, why did you start in the first place? Why do you want to have this podcast? I don't know if I've ever talked about this on the podcast, but thank you so much for asking. I started this podcast as a way of connecting a community. When I moved to New York, the music scene here, it's great and it's vibrant, but at the same time, it's very fast. There are actually a, really a handful of venues in New York City that are are for original music and where local artists can get on the bill. And most of those venues, it's very much a sort of festival style format. You play for an hour and then someone else plays for an hour and someone else plays for an hour. And I found it very difficult to meet people. I think in other cities, you know, you're more easily able to connect with that community and like, oh, hey, I, I loved your, I loved the guitar that you played there. I'm actually playing a gig. Would you want to come and play with me? It was much more easier for me elsewhere in not in a city like New York to, to find that kind of community and also getting on the bill with various venues. When it's not New York, it's much easier to do that as a local artist. But when people are coming to New York as bigger artists, they tend to bring somebody who's lower down the roster. Right. So it is harder to get to those bigger venues in front of those people. And when you're coming to New York and you don't have an audience and you have to build an audience, you don't have any friends here, you know, it's a chicken and egg, an egg situation. How do you get people to your show? So we started an artist series. So it was a songwriter series where we would have three artists on stage um, and they would each bring their audience and then we would cross-pollinate those audience and these artists would also connect vertically and horizontally with the artists and themselves and the audience then the podcast became the thing to connect it to all of those threads together where 
if you were a person who was going to the show and you knew one person who was on that stage, you would then be able to listen to a podcast where the other two people were being interviewed and you could listen to, to a song of theirs and go, oh, okay, cool. Now I'm, I'm, in, I'm slightly invested in this. And it's hard to get people to part with their money. So it was a way of going, oh, okay, this is the show that's coming up. And here's, here's a person that you don't know, but you will know. So that was what the podcast started out to be. It was sort of a way to promote the live event series that we had. And for me, it actually surprised me because it became such a great tool for me as an artist. Like I was having these really deep, intimate conversations with people about their music and creating a community of people who were into the podcast, who were into the the artist and, and who were also sort of trying to develop themselves and listening to these tips and tools. Then COVID happened. Artists weren't able to perform as often, if at all. At least not live. At least not live. The podcast had to pivot. And I thought, you know, how can I help these artists? Yeah. I started doing more how-to episodes, like how to develop your online audience, how to grow a Patreon, how to find a producer that you want to work with, how to do it virtually, all of that kind of stuff. Okay. And that's how I pivoted the podcast during that period. So I'd been doing the podcast for about a year and a half without a break. And it allowed me to take a step back and go, okay, this is great. It's fun. What do I like about it? How can I make it better? And I relaunched it in March of this year. Um, and I did, I think it was 10 episodes. I really love, though, the description of all of that and the permission that it gives folks who may be in a similar boat to say, I deserve time off or this isn't working the way I want it to. I need to restructure it. Let me sit back for a minute and figure out why. So I have a method. It's actually what the book is about. It's called the BRAVE method. And BRAVE is an acronym. And the R is, is the three R's, reassessment, reframe, and resilience. And that's the space that I'm hearing that you have been in and, and maybe continue to be in a little bit until you relaunch, which is that reassessment. What do I really want? What's worked? What hasn't worked? What feels good? What doesn't? What are the results that I want? And maybe reframing. This makes me think what I've always called wins and lessons. And you call the peach in the pit. And that's become a really special thing to me. Then resilience and getting up and doing it again. And I just did a podcast interview an hour ago. But he talks about how we just can choose to be 10% happier. We can choose to reassess and reframe and do things on our own term. We can do it right now. We don't have to do it just because somebody else has done things this way. We can change. And I, I love that for you. So now we know why you started this. What, in an ideal scenario, in a perfect world, what would you want this podcast to become and for lack of a better term, do for you. Obviously, you're doing for others. That's the motivation behind it. But also for you, if we have to do for ourselves before we can do for others. Vulnerability. What do I want it to do for me? I think it's fair to say that, you know, my goals with the podcast have changed over the years. I want to niche it down. It's going to be more of a how-to. And I actually wanted to stay away from that initially because I was like, oh, there's, there's a lot of those. Was it because there was a lot of competition or because you had imposter syndrome about thinking you could or should be the one teaching people how to both it can be both it can be both and it can be absolutely and I also didn't want to profess that I am an expert at that and I don't do that I think the way that I do it is I'm going to introduce you to some cool people who could be your guides if these are your people to guide you and yet you can still be an expert you can still be a go-to resource should you embrace that and it may be happening with or without your permission stevie <laughs> consent is an issue right <laughs> because if people identify this show as a resource as an artist to help them learn and grow and and try new things or be exposed to things they wouldn't have known about or thought of otherwise it's your name attached to it 
And I hear you wanting to deflect. Oh, but it's not me that's the expert. It's the people I bring on that are the expert. It's not me. It's not me. Don't look at me. Don't look at me. Go look at them. But they're coming because of you. Mm -hmm. And you don't have to be a different person. You don't have to stop being British. (laughs) (laughs) Heather and I have a joke about um, I'm a a repressed Brit. And I've often say, no, thank you. Sorry, I'm British. (laughs) No, it's fine. you don't have to be a different person than you are. No one wants you to be. You are the person that attracts people to this show. And that establishes you as an expert in the industry. One of the greatest things we can do as an expert in anything is give referrals and give recommendations. I always want to be the go-to person. If somebody needs a coach for anything, ask me first. I probably know them, right? I probably know somebody that I can introduce you to. And I'm a connector. And I think you're a connector. And that's a really wonderful gift. Yes, I think you're right. I have embraced being a connector and I quite enjoy that. I love creating and I love to see people getting together and creating something new. So, uh, yes, okay, fine. Oh, I don't know. I struggle with, hey, you know, let's coach somebody to do what I do. I don't, I feel icky about that. And I don't need to do that. I don't need to do that. Yeah. And maybe you don't need to do that, but I don't know. I'm not quite sure I understand why the icky. Oh, here it is. Where I don't feel like an expert for this as a music podcast is because I'm saying here are people who have succeeded in music in some way or in the industry in some way. And I don't feel like I have succeeded in the industry in the way that I wanted. Mm, It's that last little bit that's the real trouble in the way that you wanted. Initially, yes. I had to take a step back from music because I was just getting really frustrated with the whole thing. Similarly, I didn't fit many boxes with regard to the industry either. I mean, look at me. Uh, You can create your own box. I could. But I also, I mean, like, I think I write some very nice songs. I I have quite a nice voice, but I don't think I stand out in the way that people need you to stand out. And that's fine. But I think... For me, where I wanted to get success, it, it wasn't really happening for me. I was getting a modicum, a modest modicum, if you like, of success, but it was not what I had been looking for. And I needed to take that step back, reassess, reframe. Resilience. Thank you. Get up, do it again. Resili- yeah. Find my resilience and and change and move forward. Yes. And I appreciate that. And I'm hopeful that that shift has been more about what shifting more into what you want that feels good instead of I didn't do this right I didn't do this the way I wanted to do this and so I'm not going to do it anymore I would like to tell a little story you know we get to define what success is and you said that at the very beginning of this conversation with this new business and with this podcast success on your own terms not apple's terms not downloads not things like that I know lots of people who Mm -hmm. write and perform music who would give a lot to have their own Spotify channel. And it just so happens that I was in the car on Sunday with somebody who said, do you want to hear my music? And I said, yeah, because it was you. For those who are listening and don't already know this, you can just pull it up on Spotify. And I was like, you have a Spotify channel? Like that's to me you maybe you you know you didn't crack the big time and you're not at the grammys and you're not a household name and yet that would feel very successful to me so everyone gets to decide for themselves and maybe there's space for you to own that you took that as far as it was going to go and you learned a lot of things from it and now yes. you're going to do something different with that information i agree i have felt quite comfortable taking that step back from music 
doing wrong. There are some things that I miss. I miss I miss performing a little bit. I don't necessarily miss writing. And the reason I, I wanted to step back yeah. last year also was because, you know, there was so much happening. COVID was happening. All of my friends who were full-time musicians were not working. Black Lives Matter happened. And I'm going, people are out of work. People are dying in, in more ways yeah. than one. What is it that I have to say that I think is so important? And I could not answer that question. And I thought, I, I don't want to write. You know, what I can do in this moment is to support others. I wanted to support the other artists in that space. And I was very intentional about who I had on the show. I noticed that when I looked at the catalog. Mm. I appreciated that. Yeah, and I it wasn't a one-off. That's something I, I do really want to be intentional about going forward. And I was actually sitting down today looking at the guest list that I had. I had and I'm like, it's not it's not where I need it to be right now. It's interesting. I, there's something I find so fascinating about you. And I've only met a, a couple of other people who have this perspective. And again, there's no judgment. I never approach anything from a, a place of judgment or shame. It's just fascination. In my opinion, there's nothing wrong with creating for the sake of creating. My old nanny, just German. And she's like, I don't understand why people read fiction. It's not true. Why would you read fiction? It's not true. It doesn't, doesn't matter. Right. And I'm like, well, no, it's fun. Like it's a good escape or I get other ideas. You know, I, I love fiction. I read a lot of fiction. I also read nonfiction, but I love fiction. And I felt had a similar reaction just now when you said, what could I add to it? And it's fine that you don't want to. It's not a big deal because we all get to decide for ourselves. But for anybody listening, like you may not have the most profound song, but that doesn't take its value away if it's valuable to you. And Stevie, you decided that 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 didn't feel valuable to you. And that's within your right to do so. Mm -hmm. But I think for some people, just the form of creation Mm -hmm. matters. The self-challenge of, can I do this matters for the sake of proving to yourself, yes, you can, whether or not there is a, a tangible result at the end of it. So I do, I hear what you're saying. And I think there is a lot of self-compassion that you need to have as an artist, that you need to have as a person. And especially when you are creating something. And to go back to Cameron Esposito's keynote, if you weren't actually podcast, and I suspect most of you listening were not, Cameron made a point that not everyone needs a podcast. Or you can do a podcast to learn something about yourself and move on. And that's okay. And and not actually produce the show, but you can go through the learning process. That is cool. I fucking love what I do. I yeah. This podcast has brought me so much joy over the years. It's brought me some best friends, quite frankly. I am so grateful for it. Like my, my co-host of my Star Trek podcast, Aki, was the, I think he was my second or third guest ever. Um and we started talking about Star Trek. We're like, oh, we should get, a, we should do a Star Trek podcast one day. And the pandemic happened, and lo and behold, we had time. Um, I found my note, and it, it's the uh, definition of vulnerability: it's risk, uncertainty, and emotional and emotional disclosure. I'm certainly feeling emotionally disclosed. I'm feeling emotional dis- disclosure. Exp- is it not exposure? Emotional exposure, disclosure, whatever. It's, it is both of those things. Disclosure, as in you are declaring, and exposure, as in you are exposing. Right? It's both of those things. I actually talk a lot about okay. vulnerability in my book. Not to you know plug it, but completely to plug it. Thank you. I love the cover. Vulnerability does not mean turning yourself inside out and spilling your guts. It just means connecting from an actual, true honest, authentic space with your flaws out in front and your strengths out in front and not pretending to be something you're not so that folks can feel connected. 
because we can smell bullshit from mm-hmm. a mile away. We've all listened to podcasts. We're like, this person is full of shit. I don't want to listen. This does not feel good. I don't want to listen to this. And you don't want to be that kind of person. I don't want to be that that kind of person. But vulnerability is definitely raw. But it also mm-hmm. doesn't mean like cutting yourself open and saying, here, everybody look at my insights. So it doesn't have to be that extreme. So in terms of coaching, what can someone expect when they have a coaching session or if they get a coach? We've talked about some, I've had a lot of fun, but it, there's a lot of internal reflection. A ton. I will say that there are a lot of different coaches and a lot of different fields with a lot of different specialties. Trust your instincts, do your research, have conversations. I can only really speak about either coaching with me or the coaching experiences that I have had. I personally prefer to work with a coach who deals with me and all of my ish in all of the ways. I, as a coach, I always say that I I will do life coaching without business coaching, but I won't do business coaching without life coaching. And that is because whatever's happening in your life is going to affect your business and vice versa. These things are woven together. We cannot separate them. And to attempt to do so is just not going to lead to positive results. So we've got to be able to peel back and and talk truths. I guess the best tip I would give to anybody, first of all, I am a big fan of coaching. I have several coaches. I believe in coaching. I would not sell something I, I wouldn't be willing to buy for myself, but don't do it unless you're actually ready to show up. It is a tremendous waste of time and money to sign up for any coaching, either a program or one-on-one or whatever it is that you're called to. If you are not going to fully set aside the time to be completely invested in that because you believe it's going to bring you the results that you want. And you'll know, you'll know when you're ready. Most people, you have a deep sense of knowing I cannot get to this next phase on my own. I'm ready for support to help me get there. Did that not answer your question? It did. It succinctly answered my question. (laughs) No follow-ups whatsoever. (laughs) Okay. Thank you so much. My pleasure. How was this for you? For real? This was good. I mean, some uncomfortable moments, but that is not unlike any of our conversations, um, <laughs> which I love. I think Stevie means that as a compliment. I do. I do. You know, <laughs> there is no growth without discomfort. That's right. And I'm yeah. getting on board with that now. I fully am on board with that. We have our little group of desert dogs in honor of Ted Lasso's diamond dogs. And it's quite funny. I'm the only one in it who's not a coach. Um, that we have a psychotherapist, we have a sex coach, we have yourself and Jen. And Jen's a marketing coach. And I challenge the notion that you are not a coach. As I suspect, as a podcast producer, you'll be doing lots of coaching. True. I, I would consider myself a podcast coach there you go. and consultant. So, yes. Heather Vickery, all the best with the book. Thank you so much for coming on and uh, getting uncomfortable with me. (laughs) Thank you for having me. It's been a lot of fun. Thanks. All right. I'll speak to you soon. That was very, very vulnerable for me. I think I'm going to go and sit under a duvet cover somewhere and pretend it didn't happen. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. That would definitely not be what my good friend and coach Heather Vickery would advise that I do. Um, If you want to get hold of Heather's tips as a PDF, you can sign up for our Patreon where you will get tip sheets from all the episodes, watch the unedited interviews, have a monthly Zoom hang with other creatives and me, and of course so much more. You can go to patreon.com forward slash this next songs about. For as little as $3 a month, you can become a patron. Details and links in today's show notes. 
That's patreon.com forward slash this next song's about. And the links to Heather's podcasts and her books and works are also in today's show notes. That's vickeryandco.com. And her podcasts are The Brave Files and Was It Chance? I really hope you enjoyed that episode. I am looking for some, I'm looking forward to something a little bit more low key next time, certainly for myself anyway. I am back next week with another wonderful guest and of course, ways to help you level up your songwriting craft for industry success. I'm Stevie Manns. Thanks for listening. I'll see you next week.